You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. I have a wonderful and beloved teacher, Mimi Feigelson, who has uh, pointed out to me uh, that uh, uh, she phrases the question, are we spiritual beings that temporarily have a physical experience, or are we physical beings that temporarily have spiritual experiences? And depending on your orientation, your answer to that question, it might change everything about how you live your life, about how you approach uh, religion, how you approach your family, how you approach your job, how you approach uh, your, uh, your extracurricular activities. Uh, it, it impacts everything. If we're spiritual beings having a physical experience, then the physical world matters substantially less than the spiritual world from which we come and to which we're going. And if we're physical beings having a spiritual experience, then spirituality is a hobby at best. We can exalt ourselves, we can uplift ourselves from time to time, maybe we'll have really great uh, davening tonight or tomorrow morning, right? Maybe on one Yom Kippur we'll have a powerful spiritual experience, maybe we'll be at the Grand Canyon and and just be overwhelmed with nature, as, as may have happened to some people. But if we're physical beings having temporary spiritual experiences, then the nature of spirituality is a pastime. And so Reb Mimi points out that, uh, that our tradition, I think, insists that we are spiritual beings that have physical experiences, temporary physical experiences. And there's a lot that we could argue to back that claim up. Uh, starting with the very creation of the world, both from the scientific point of view and from the traditional point of view. That the world begins in God and God uh, um, brings materiality into being. And ultimately, our tradition says, we'll, we'll say it a little bit later in the Alenu, right? that the ultimate trajectory of humanity and human existence, ultimate trajectory of the world, is to be returned to, a, uh, to, to total and complete sovereignty under the rule of God. In other words, total connection, reunion with God. As my teacher, Reverend Andrew Hahn, uh, whose chants will be uh, singing tomorrow, says, um, nothing became something so that something might become nothing. Nothing became something so that something might become nothing. And it's, I think, uh, born of the scientific point of view, too. Right? That at, in the beginning, the universe was entirely energy. And at a certain point, the universe will cease to have uh, material existence. If something uh, begins at a certain point, all the scientists are, are uh, hard at work on the question of uh, what happened before the Big Bang, if they're a- a- ever able to answer that question. So they don't know what is so happened to that question. It's an area of hot debate and has been for millennia, not only in, the, in contemporary science, of whether the Earth is eternal or whether it is finite. Um, interesting uh, question that we're not going to delve into tonight. But I think that from the scientific perspective of us having come from energy us being essentially matter itself is entirely energy. So the, the idea that we are material beings is itself in part an illusion. So maybe we are not spiritual beings that have a physical existence, but we are entirely spiritual beings that perceive that we're having a physical existence at a certain point in time. Why do I bring all this up? I bring all this up because if you hold with that point of view, 
that we're spiritual beings having a physical existence, then that comes with some ramifications. It can mean and it can lead to the total denigration of physicality, that we're supposed to deny ourselves everything. It can lead to practices like the mortification of the flesh or, or uh, a sense that to be truly spiritual means that you should be involved in meditation on top of a mountain somewhere, not involved in issues of the world, not involved in human relationships, not involved in, uh, in, the, in the real hard work of the here and now. It could mean that you would devote yourself entirely to meditation and prayer all day, every day. It could mean that you don't care about what it is that you put into your body because ultimately the body is just a temporary thing. It doesn't really matter what I eat, how much of it I eat, how I feel physically, um, because we're only in these physical bodies for a short window of time. And our tradition says that that would be the wrong conclusion to draw from the premise that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience because if that were the case, then God wouldn't have created a physical world. Physicality, materiality wouldn't exist if that were the case. If it were the case that we were supposed to ignore or denigrate uh, material existence. So then, if we are spiritual beings having a physical experience and physicality is in some senses part of the uh, cosmic plan, if you will, then what's the point? What are we supposed to do with these physical experiences that we have? The Mishnah, one of the great texts of uh, Jewish legal thought from the ancient world, rabbinic thought from the ancient world, says that this world can be compared to a foyer to the world to come. Prepare yourself in the foyer so that you can merit to enter the next world. Now, there are obviously challenges and problems. I have them depending on the day with that passage because it seems like this world and this life is totally ancillary to the world to come. But if you take that idea on its surface, that part of the challenge of this life is not that we have a spiritual existence that was brought down to earth, but we have the spiritual existence that has the capacity to be elevated through its time on earth in order to return to the greater oneness from which it came. If you want to call that God, call it God. If you want to call that the universe, the cosmos, you can call it the universe and cosmos. To the greater oneness from which it came. What if our physicality was not about bringing down a soul in order to then eventually spit it back out, but rather to offer an opportunity for the elevation of a soul to become closer to that oneness through this physical experience. That, I think, is the perspective, broadly speaking, of the Jewish tradition. And we get a glimmer of that in this week's Torah portion, which talks about the laws of kashrut, or at least some of the laws of kashrut, the laws of what Jews are allowed to eat or not allowed to eat. And there's a very peculiar passage at the beginning of that section uh, where it introduces the laws of kashrut. It says, this is Leviticus chapter 11, if you're keeping score at home. It says, God spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying to them. Now, a sensitive reader of the text will notice that that seems very superfluous. Normally what you get in the Torah is God spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, not saying to them, but just saying. We already know from the shot, from the contextual meaning of that text, that God is speaking to Moses and Aaron. So what is added by the Torah saying, saying to them? 
Normally it would just say, God spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, speak to the children of Israel, etc. But here it adds that phrase, saying to them. The great Hasidic master, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Berdichev, uh, also known as the Kedushat Levi, picks up on that textual anomaly. And he says that the saying to them, even though it seems on its surface to be referring to Moses and Aaron, who are introduced as the object of God speaking in the beginning of the passage, it's not actually saying to Moses and Aaron. It's talking about the difference between now and later. Now, God is speaking to Moses now. Later, God is going to speak to all of us. In this moment, God is giving a direct commandment. In a future time, there's going to be an unmediated connection between each of us and God, between each of us and the divine. And so what's going to follow according to uh, Rebbe Levi Yitzchak is that if we, it, excuse me, what follows according to Reb Levi Yitzchak is that the whole system of kashrut, the whole system of the dietary laws, is meant to be a conduit to get us from point A to point B. From a moment in which we need an intercessor to tell us what is God's will, and a moment when we will be so connected and so united with God that we won't need an intermediate. And those commandments, those texts teaching about what we are supposed to put into our bodies, that's the conduit. That our physicality is a means by which we become closer to God. It's not a trap to distance us from God. So what does he say about this? He says, we should pay attention to the phrase saying to them, Consider, Rashi commented regarding Exodus chapter 2, verse 7, Shall I go and get you a Hebrew nurse to suckle the child for you? Referring to Moses' origin story. She had taken him around to many Egyptian women to nurse, but he did not, since he was in the future to speak with the Shekhinah, with God's immediate presence. Moses did not wish to nurse from someone impure, because in the future he was to prophesy to Israel, speaking the words of the Shekhinah from the mouth of the Shekhinah. Further, Ramban, Nachmanides, wrote that the Torah prohibited the impure animals because eating them induces a brutal quality in the human body. And if you think about the different categories of the impure animals that you'll find when you look in uh, Leviticus chapter 11, tonight, tomorrow, down the road, you'll notice a major theme that emerges among most, if not all, of these animals. That animals that are predatory carnivorous, animals that appear to be lacking compassion, love, docility. Those are the sorts of animals that we are commanded not to eat. And so Nachmanides picks up on that trend, picks up on that idea and says that we are prohibited those animals because eating them induces a brutal quality in the human body. But Israel, a holy people, are supposed to have the quality of love. Chesed loving kindness as opposed to brutality. Since in the future the Blessed Holy One will speak directly with each individual Jew, as it says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. So, if in the future the Holy Blessed One will speak to each of us, where we'll have a direct, unmediated connection with God, where our physicality ends and our spirituality begins once again, 
how should the Shekhinah, how should God's presence speak to that mouth that has eaten impure things? This then is what our verse means to say, God spoke to Moses and Aaron saying to them, that is, in the future I am going to speak to them, to each and every one. Therefore, they are not to eat anything impure. So there's an equation here about what it means to live in this world as a spiritual being having a physical experience, having a physical existence. What it means to prepare ourselves in such a way that we can merit to return to the oneness from which we came. And the way we do that is directly through our physicality. Here we're talking about the foods we put in our mouth. In other places we talk about the way we treat ourselves and our bodies and each other. The way in which we pursue acts of kindness and righteousness. The way in which we build societies of justice and compassion and peace. The way in which we demonstrate love for each other and for the planet. Engage physical, material acts. And you might ask yourself, why does a spiritual being, why does it matter if you engage in those acts? And the answer is, because that's what prepares your soul to return to the oneness. That's what enables, prepares, provides a context for, provides a rationale for, your spirituality to reconnect to the oneness from which it came. In our Torah portion, it talks about the food we put into our body. The way in which we are conscious and cognizant of the act of eating. To not be brutal and thoughtless when taking the lives of other creatures for our food. And to recognize that we put into our mouths only those creatures that reflect the love and beauty and goodness that we want to embody in our physicality and in our spirituality. We have a limited time on this earth as spiritual beings having a short physical experience. And with that limited time is the opportunity to elevate our true essence to a place where it merits being reunited with God from which it came. Whether it's from what we eat or what we do, let us not squander those precious few moments that we have. Shabbat Shalom.